0: Greetings, this is The Pub, Straylight Magazine's podcast about all things books and publishing. I'm Dean Karpowitz.
1: I'm Allie Ryan. And I'm Molly Kressel.
0: Today on the show, some of our summer reading picks. But first, <laughs> some publishing news. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> All right, the first bit of news that we have for today, um, I think I found it, when, I, when did I post it? Like 10 days like ago or two weeks ago or something like that. Um, I noticed on, I'm not sure which website it was, like e-reader or something, uh, a bit on the changes for some of the major publishers, three of the big six are thinking about changing, not thinking about, they are changing mm-hmm. the way that they're dealing with. Ebooks and how libraries purchase them. And we talk about libraries on here, on the show, a lot. And Mm -hmm. this is pretty disturbing. Yeah. Because they're currently, it's like $65 or something like that starting, and it's a permanent purchase.
1: Generally. Like, not all. I was reading about it, and I guess the Harry Potter books don't work like that. Like, they're not a permanent Ah. purchase. Like, the Harry Potter books apparently have, like, Limits to their use to them for ebooks. And wow. so those ones are ones that people have to, like the libraries keep having to renew their subscription for. So, that. If so it's still it's something that exists right now already. Yeah. In some ways, it's like limited use. Like you get yeah. so many uses out of it before you have to pay for a new license for it Jeez. or whatever.
0: So major, major front list titles. So probably yeah. like we're talking like G.R. Martin and yeah, uh, like J.K. Rowling. Yeah, like that probably and, yeah. have like
1: big movies going on or people are constantly asking yeah. for. They seem to have already monetized those in a way that they can keep like, yeah. getting money back from them. But typically the way it would work is like an e-book. You purchase it for your library edition and then you can like loan it out however many times yeah. for as long as you have it kind of thing.
0: Now they want to shift to all front list, meaning yeah. all new release, everything is going to be uh, – Renewal every two years.
1: And then, like, see, and that seems like it's going to add so much work to the whole process because then not only are you going to have to keep track of what's coming up for, like, expiration and whether you want to keep them, but then you also need to look through, like, what would make the most sense to keep, what people are borrowing the most, like, what ones that they're like, their um, library patrons are going to want. That's, like, a whole other job. Yeah.
2: That's so sad, too. And it's only, like, oh, sorry. No, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) I think... uh The subscription culture that we're going towards Mm. right now is so frustrating Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it almost feels like I I think you could qualify it as a form of censorship almost because at this point you are qualifying what libraries should have. You are saying you have this limited amount of resource uh, to distribute across these things instead of here's a book. Keep it in your library. Let people read it. Well, and
0: part which of that's supposed to work. Yeah, and part of the problem is that with these everything's subscription based, right? So that model tended to work for. It was probably the audio audio industry that did it mm-hmm. first. You yeah, know, Spotify I think that's kind and all of where those. I've noticed it first, yeah. yeah. But as soon as you get rid of that subscription, your all the all your music disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it's so
1: infuriating. Yeah. Or or you get locked out of iTunes and then you can't get back into your stuff forever yeah. and you're what? like <laughs> Like I had music from like the two thousands, like the mid two thousands, early two thousands up through like until I had a child. Yeah. And I don't have access to yeah. that anymore. And yeah. I'm like, I had a lot of music I bought. I yeah. spent way too much money on that stuff. That's insane.
0: Yeah, we don't own things anymore. It's like yeah. we rent them for like, a while for yeah. and and if you think about it, I don't know, um, I, I think I pay the in an Audible. I think I pay the platinum, you know, rate mm-hmm. or whatever. So I get like two books per month, yeah. right? The credits, yeah, the yeah. credits, the credits. And um, I I, I want to say that that's like thirty dollars a month or something,
1: which like seems that. crazy wow. because you know, well, mm-hmm.
2: I I don't know. I guess uh, that's like fifteen dollars an audiobook. That's not too bad, but do you do you get to keep them?
0: I don't think so. What? I think they disappear yeah. out I... of your library if you. I am had... not positive about that but I, I if it's the same subscription model that means I'm paying Right. 300 well, and yeah. what, whatever for a books that you math.
1: can't yeah <laughs> math <laughs> math yeah math <laughs> what 360? 360
0: 360 yeah. you know for that.
1: Yeah, I've had so I've had ebooks before and I've noticed this happen before and I don't know if anybody else has been weirdly enough weird enough to like reread their books over and over again but oh, I've yeah. had ebooks that'll show up different like a couple years after really? I bought them. And like I've had ones that were like book, ebook, like an ebook version. I had like years ago, and then some update goes on, and then I lose that ebook. And they're like, "No, you have to go buy this version." And I'm like, "What? Wow. <laughs> I, <was laughs> like, gonna, I bought this book. Like, uh, I why, why did I buy this book?"
0: I was gonna say maybe you changed. <laughs> maybe the I book know. didn't change, you, but <laughs> no, like, if I it disappears some then, I've yeah. never had
1: that happen, and I I, I, don't I don't have it happen too often. But I have had it happen once or twice, and I'm like, "What is this? I don't understand." Like, they can take my books away after I've already paid for them. Are you kidding me? Like, do you want me to kill you? Mm-hmm. Like, who <laughs> they... takes my books away? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: That's very upsetting.
2: No, it's just, I think it's all the subscription culture. I think the... Um, that digital media is just so abusable, I think, in a way that print media
1: isn't. It's so much easier to take that away from people, yeah. like, say, well, you don't have access to that anymore, and this is our database and our servers. so too bad for you. Well, and- we've
0: been trained now for that. That's what I we know. expect. It's what it's almost like what we want. <laughs> I, I want. I is don't. there a subscription model no. for that? Can I pay you $15 well, a month? I just month? want
1: to buy this- Microsoft Word for, like, $200 <laughs> right. and no, then leave me alone. Done. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, and, like, same thing with, like, Photoshop. I'm like, I don't want to pay every month for this. I just want a copy of it. I don't care if it gets old after a while. I'm Uh I'm fine with that. If I want to get a new version, I can update it later. Uh But let me just have this version so I can work on it.
0: And then you're, and then if you're a student or a teacher, you can have, like, the 2.8% discount. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, right.
1: Well, the thing that sucks about it though, too, is like with this, they're only discounting. So they were saying that they were going to do it because like they heard from like librarians or whatever that they want them to be cheaper and that they would rather have the renewable model, model. Although I was looking at comments and they're like, no. "What librarians are they talking yeah. to?" <laughs> like this is not the case. Yeah, like Seven, we do five, not want ten that. Ten dentists recommend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only like five or ten dollars cheaper, and yeah. these are like sixty to seventy dollar like fees that they have to pay for these. So five or ten dollars cheaper. But you have to renew them in two years if you want to keep them, which means that within two years the prices of them are about doubling like and it. then like if you want to keep them beyond that, like right. it's so much more expensive. And then yeah. the whole expense involved with making sure to keep track of that whether they're, they're renewing people. them or not and yeah. like cataloging them yeah. and like all of that stuff seems like
0: they're hiring people They have to they have to create a new position. That's yeah. where this five to ten dollars is going. so the libraries are basically back where they were, probably less. yeah, you know they're yeah. probably paying more. Yeah. Honestly, it it sounds
1: like you would end up being more because now you're going to have to pay every two years. It's only like five to ten dollars cheaper. You have to create a whole new position for it. So every two years you're renewing this, then the price of it's automatically by three years. It's already more or by three times of renewing it. So six years, you've already paying more for it than what you would, would have before.
2: And the implications of that are just disgusting, too, because then it gets to a point where it's okay. What books are popular? Yeah. yeah. What books are people going to read? Yeah. Yes. Because if it's not something that somebody is interested in reading, then are they going to front fifty, sixty dollars for it yeah. just to
1: keep it in the collection? Just to keep, yeah. yeah. And then that's the whole thing where censorship can come in, mm-hmm. and no. Yeah.
0: So, so I I, mean, I, yeah. I I propose a strongly worded email to Penguin Random House, and not that just, will it's change Like with Millen and
1: Hatchet as well.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i was thinking I i'm thinking sure it w- i'm sure that will work
1: yeah but these like, <laughs> subscription things can get kind of crazy like i think i feel like youtube is like trying to pressure people into getting a subscription oh like, my YouTube God, Red or whatever is. they have hour-long commercials that sometimes i didn't realize was a commercial like there's been times where they have like a whole episode of something <laughs> wow. as their commercial i'm not kidding like there was one time i'm like i think this is a whole movie because like i was like i'll just wait for this commercial to get done like 10 minutes later i'm like is this commercial still going are you kidding me That's and I come out and I look and I'm like this is a whole episode of some like space thing you know what and it's the
2: short videos too like you can usually get through a song without much issue but if it's a video so like I'm I'm super excited <gasps> yeah. about new video games coming out I'm like let's mm-hmm. watch a gameplay trailer this is a 12 minute video it has three
1: ads they split ads it in up it. Yeah. yes why yeah. I've watched like a five minute video before that had two ads in the middle of yeah. it an ad at the beginning and two ads at the end and I was like, like I watched more ads than I do music it's disgusting or whatever I'm watching yeah, yeah. It makes me so angry and I'm yeah. like I'm not buying your subscription my daughter ah. actually my daughter's funny so what she has started doing <laughs> is we have like this post-it note next to the computer and she, it's like ads that interrupted my music
0: <laughs> And then she's so how writing many them notes down do you
1: have now I know right I think if she gave, she's kind of given up lately she's just like I don't know and we're moving so she's just like I'll just leave it Just be. leave them but, on the
0: fridge
1: <laughs> <laughs> But she's like I'm not buying their stuff and I'm like I won't either man
0: you could almost <laughs> read those post-its as a summer reading pick. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was smooth, yeah. That was a smooth, <laughs> smooth segue. So the first, <clears throat> the first book that we're going to uh, talk about, our special topic today, is summer reading. And we all have, we had more, I said three picks and like <laughs> Allie sorry. gives us six well,
2: I got way more. You want me to start? Yeah, listening? I didn't list it's everything. Like, I, I just more, went through oh my man. stack
1: that was sitting next to me. I'm <laughs> like, I'll write these ones down. That's what happens when throat> sounds you have. the most book, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> when you have book
0: nerds. Um, <laughs> uh, first, we're going to talk about the Poppy War. And we'll um, be interviewing the author yes. in a couple
1: weeks, which is so exciting.
0: Yes, Rebecca Kuang is. We're going to interview her. Um, this book was up for the uh, Nebula, uh, and it was a finalist for the Nebula. Did not win. I'm not sure what won. Um, but uh, it's pretty phenomenal. Um, I read it early in the summer, contacted mm-hmm. Allie about, um, and Sam, someone mm-hmm. else that we have on the show, about maybe contacting her to do an interview. Um, and she said yes. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to interview the author of this book. The You know, one of the great things is her next book, Dragon Republic, comes out on the sixth of August. So like two a week after oh, yeah. we Excellent interview timing. her. Yeah. Um so I'm sure she's gonna be doing press for the, the new book. But this one is sort of history It's been action, an
1: interesting mix of what fantasy. I've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It starts out with a with Rin, a small uh small town kind of rural um
1: She's like 16, and she's gonna get married. Yeah. She's gonna be forced into a marriage. She was an orphan. Marriage. She was a war yeah. orphan. Yes. Yeah, and she had foster parents who were going to like get her married to the uh, like their opium dealers and opium her. trade
0: guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: fun time. Yeah, well, actually, it's not the guy. Like, it's obviously the woman in the household who's in yes. charge of things because the dude is just like always in an opium yes. stupor. And yes. like at one point, she tells her and yeah. like, well, this why don't you just do yeah. this? Like like deal with having to have sex with him, deal with like your wifely duties. Make sure you give him a son so he doesn't promote a concubine above you,
0: and get him stoned. And then st- get him stoned, oh, and God. then like,
1: like yeah, and then yeah. take over his money. And she's like, that wouldn't be that bad, is it? And she's like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like trying to convince. So she's trying to convince her foster mother, who this foster family didn't want to take her in anyway. They were required to do so by the, like the um, government oh, after goodness. the poppy war, like the first poppy war. And like they had a bunch of war orphans, and they didn't want them turning into thieves and beggars. So everybody w- who didn't have three <laughs> children were forced to take in an orphan. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and apparently she's an unattractive child too. So she's like, you know, you should just take this. You're lucky that you even got mm-hmm. such a great marriage. Wow. And then and the guy that they're trying to marry her off to is like he's on the um. He's like the, the controller trade. No, of no, the, like yeah. The
0: trade official. Yeah, something like that. Yeah.
1: I can't remember the exact name of it, but yeah. So then part of the reason they're marrying this girl off to him is. He wants a young wife. That's all he cares about. Uh, but
0: his third, they, <laughs> yeah. right, of course. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then they want to be able to go under the radar with their opium trade and like illegal dealings and stuff like that. So what she does is she goes to this guy who's a tutor, to because she wants to take this national test, and um, she brings him a packet of opium and asks him to like teach her. Her only like restrictions are: don't smoke opium while you're teaching me. Don't tell anybody. And so she's got like two years that she has to do it. And he's like, you're not going to do this. And she's like, I can just memorize it all. It's fine. And so then she spends like two years like burning herself to keep awake while yeah. she's studying at night. Because her foster mother won't let her do it during the day because she has to take care of the store and all oh, the like regular goodness. housely duties and stuff like that. This sounds heartbreaking. It, yeah, it kind of is. But at the same time, it feels like realistic because there's so many things involved in it. Right?
0: Well, this time through, I'll tell you that um, <laughs> they, like the, the we're just. Kind of talking about the first chapter here. Yeah, it gets that's just the first chapter. Yeah, it gets pretty epic afterwards. But I'll but I'll say that um, <clears throat> re, rereading the first chapter, it reminded me of my master's exam because she does oh, this thing where she studies and reads, you know, three books a week or something, <laughs> and wakes wakes up, you know, and it's like who who's the you know the, the historical figure who won the battle of whatever, and was <laughs> worried about it, and I can remember you know the. Two months before my graduate or my uh, master's exam doing that exact same thing, like waking up in the middle of the night and saying, Who's th- who's that who's that character from Pride and Prejudice? I have to, I have to check. You <laughs> like know?
1: having a heart attack. Like, I need to remember this. Yes. Exactly. I can't do this. That um, sort of feel like... But
0: it's a lo- it it is a uh, pretty amazing ride that includes not only parallels to Chinese history, but also magic and gods and mm. you know, cool stuff like that. A- and then Allie has uh, six more. We'll see how many, many we can <laughs> well, get. Through. Just give us the look Just give us fair, the brief version. Yeah. To be each. fair,
1: some of them are more related to like projects or my various other things I'm doing research related. So like doing oral H- history by Donald A Ritchie is talking about the the importance of oral history in like our communities and in our in our um in human history really in some ways, but also like how you would go about doing oral history, what kind of documentation you need to be prepared for, like like the legal aspects of it and how to go about interviewing people for oral histories and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I'm working on this oral history project related to Foxconn. And so for me, it's just helping me to be able to be better at that. And then I on that same kind of thing, I have the Managing Archives: Foundations, Principles, and Practice by Carolyn Williams, mm-hmm. which has actually been really interesting because then they were debating about the difference between like archives and collections, and like why these little um, details matter, and why it matters whether archives and libraries are separate or whether they're the same thing, or whether it should be like a spectrum, a continuum sort of thing, and like theoretical things that I didn't really like. I have read about in re- relation to archives, but I haven't necessarily. Read about with trying to like set up an archive. And part of the reason I'm reading this is because I'm the archivist at Jockey now. And so I'm trying to set up their archives and organize them. Mm-hmm. And it's got like a lot of information that I just need. So those ones are just more like work. Yes. <laughs> but work like work. Work, work, but yeah. work that I like. So that's why I'm willing to read about outside of work.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, the history of like. Basically it's like the history of human history, the history of human yeah. record keeping.
1: Yeah, and actually yes, and that's what I love about it is like and that's why it bothers me so much with this idea of the ebooks thing because I'm like you are going to be getting rid of like books after a time and what if those books don't get renewed and people lose access to them and now you're losing access to information and that really bothers me because for me like something that I it's really important to me is having access to information, having the ability to get the information to make sure that you can understand what's going on in the world around you. And I feel like it, That's what scares me with the ebook thing and the subscription-based thing is like we lose that access.
2: That uh, interestingly ties in with one of the books that I want to talk about, but I will let you get to your list first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I read a lot of Elizabeth Peters and right now I'm reading Lord of the Silent by her. And um, Elizabeth Peters has this, um, she writes, it's like all based in like Egypt and it's during the times when like the Egyptology craze was really picking up. So from like 1900 to like, Maybe the 30s. I remember it was, like, really big, and that's when they had, like, Howard, like, Howard, what was his name? Howard Cooley, or, I don't know. I'm probably mixing his name up, and this bad, because I should know this stuff, but... They use a lot of the real characters, and so they're these Egyptologists, and right now in this particular book, I've skipped quite a few in between. There's like a whole long series, and it goes through like this woman, her whole family history from when she first meets her crazy husband to onward. By the way, her husband's known as the Lord of Curses by the Egyptians, <laughs> so, and, they, and, and also he's really scary to the Egyptians, so they do what he says, and they don't right. rob his tombs. He's an Egyptologist. He's an archaeologist. And so they're going through and they go through these tombs and they find these cool things. And so it's got a lot of, like, Egypt- Egyptian history um, and stuff related to that, which I find fascinating. But it's also there's usually some sort of, like, mystery that has to be solved. And, like, somebody's going to come along and try to kill somebody else. But right now this one's taking place in World War One. Oh. Mm. Yeah. So they're talking about, and these characters are originally from England. And so they go over in the summers to um, Egypt to do their... I guess I could
0: call it tomb. Egyptologist <laughs> stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. I was going to, I was like, it's kind of like <laughs> tomb robbing in a way because they're not actually Egyptians. And <laughs> like this turned into a whole thing with the antiquities, um, department in Egypt later on. Like they have actual oh, history involved with this. So it's kind of cool for me to see the fictional aspects and the real history going on, mm-hmm. which is why I keep reading it because I don't actually like the main character very much. <laughs> she's like way too full of herself. She's kind of a jerk. And she, and she's, definitely got like the high society thing going Mm. on because she I mean she's supposed to be high society too so she's got those biases going on and I don't like those but the stories themselves are really interesting and like I deal with her she's not awful she could be worse and she tries to be a good person yeah like she she gets better over time or kind of yeah (laughs) like some things just stay the same like at this point like 20 years or so have passed in these series of books so some (laughs) things stay the same and some (laughs) things don't So.
0: so how many are there just I don't for the people that are. Oh. I
1: wonder if it says. Guesstimate anywhere.
0: of how many we have in the. Holy cow. Yeah, like I'm a whole series.
1: Her yeah. name's Amelia Peabody. That's right, Amelia Peabody series, yeah. and yeah. her husband just calls her Peabody. And when they first like met, like they really did not get along well because, besides the fact that like she's like upper class, so she has the ability to like be eccentric. So she's got that going on. But she also is so eccentric that she wears trousers. She uh, goes on digs which women aren't supposed to be doing. Right. Oh, she's yeah. outspoken. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I originally liked her. So she does have good qualities. I'm not saying she's all terrible. I'm just sometimes like you see her class really level coming through and you yeah. know, I'm like, Because yeah. yeah. <laughs> then she'll talk about how somebody's too um, familiar with the servants or whatever. Oh, okay. And like. Yeah, stuff like that. So that one's always that's it's interesting, but it's really cool because I get to have different perspectives, which is actually something in general that I tend to like. Yeah. So, I had never really been that person who'd been involved in with like drugs or anything like that, and I didn't know necessarily like what it. I like I grew up with, seeing it in my family. I guess I could say. Yeah. And I grew up in a place where drug reuse is, was just really common. This is The Coming Down. Yeah, I yes. was going to say. So part of the reason I started reading The Coming Down Time by Joan Oppenheimer is because it was going from the it was written in 1969. That's when it was published. And it sounds like it makes so much sense because this is right after like hippies were a huge thing and right, drug right. culture was becoming this big thing and it's talking about this girl who's like She's like a teenager and already hooked on drugs. Like it's more than just like marijuana or whatever. It's like, I don't know what all she does, but it's like a lot of stuff because she's going through like all the withdrawal symptoms and she gets sent to go live out. Well, I don't know where she's living originally, but it's somewhere by Lake Michigan. So it's this area, which was an interesting thing, but she gets sent to Lake Meridian, Wisconsin, which I've never heard of, but I imagine it's probably a real place.
0: I like that you say it takes place in a time when, after hippies were a huge thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hippies have kinda of changed over the years, man. <laughs> we're not gonna talk. Groovy. About <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. But, but um she's sent like when the book opens, she's on a train to Lake Meridian, Wisconsin and she's dealing with coming off her high. Oh. And she's call and she's like, Oh no, it's the coming down time. So what happens uh. in the book is she tries to retaliate because her parents send her off to Lake Meridian because she thinks they think she's having bad influences in her life and they're worried about her and they want her to get clean. And she's a teenager, mind you, so yeah, you kind of want your teenagers to be clean. They're a little young for that, but um, so they send her off and she's dealing with coming off from her high on the train and then she like goes off to the corner somewhere so she can like pop some more pills and then she creates this. She gets to this house where she's staying and it's like her aunt's her aunt's house. And she um, has, like, a bottle of pills that she hides to the side. And then she ends up meeting somebody who finds out about, like, how she's still trying to secretly get high all the time. And she's, like, got no energy. She can't walk very far because she's just physically unfit and, like, constantly wheezing. And so the book goes through her coming off from her drug addiction, hmm, basically. Yeah, yeah, And it's like—and then she has to deal with her crazy is it,
0: um, is it up- ex-boyfriend who is it comes back. Is it uplifting or— Depressing. It's is it interesting a depressing read It has
1: one? like, so she has this one guy that she meets who's the one who figures out that she's been secretly taking drugs, who she calls straight and narrow, really boring, has no perspective in life. He just wants to do everything that he's told to do by like corporate America, blah, 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 whatever. So she's got very much that mindset of like, there's more to life than this. And he's got very much that mindset of like, this is life kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And so you get the mix of them. And so you, you get, um, You get a really nuanced picture of it, which is kind of cool because you have like the perspectives of both. Like, why was she doing drugs and what was the reason behind it versus just, you know, she's an addict. Yeah. And I liked that it gave me a different perspective on it, like why these people might get stuck into the drugs or why they start in the first place. Because for me, I was just like, no, I grew up with it. It was horrible. Like, I don't want anything to do with that.
2: That sounds emotionally exhausting. (laughs) It kind of is, but it was really good because of that.
0: I'm watching, I just binged really quickly the uh, first maybe three episodes, I think it's three episodes in, of Euphoria, which is this HBO thing, which is... uh, Sort of the millennial version of, it starts out with the, it's the, it's the actress who plays MJ for the new Spider-Man movies. Ah, Okay. She's coming down, she's leaving rehab and coming down, Mm -hmm. you know, but this is, this is dealing with, you know, the sort of Tinder culture and Uh, text, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a more contemporary version of it. And it is pretty depressing. Yeah. I'll bet. Anyways. So. Yeah. And then you have what? You have two more.
1: <laughs> Do yeah. oh yeah, Fruits Fru- basket. Bask That's way more uplifting by yeah. Natsuki Takai. It is, isn't it? And I I've seen the anime and I've read the books. And I I used to have like all the books up till 19 because 19 was as mm-hmm. far it was as well. Actually, I got 19 wait, when wait, I was in the Wait, what is it about though?
0: I'm not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so it's, it's a, a manga. It is oh, it's a manga. manga. Yeah, okay. yeah, and. Um, So there's this family called the Somas, and they turn into animals when they get hugged by the opposite sex. The Zodiac animals. Yes! There are
2: 12 of them who have been cursed by. uh, Sorry, I know about this book too.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There are
2: 12 members of the Soma family who have been cursed uh, at birth to when they are touched by members of the opposite sex or under periods of extreme duress, transform into the Zodiac animals. A Zodiac animal. And so this, and they
1: are so representative of their their animals too. Like the personalities match. Uh, This young woman named
2: Toru Honda, um, who they are all in high school because it's
1: it's a manga. Yeah,
2: yeah. Comes into interacting with
1: the family. I think she ends up staying with them. Yeah. So what happened is her mother died, and she was living on their property in a tent because she had no family because her grandfather was moved in with his daughter and her. And it was too hard for them to take her in or something. And she's like, "Oh, I can go stay with friends." And then she went and go live in in a tent with her mother's picture. And like one day, she got covered by a landslide of like mud or something. And so they're like, "You can come stay with us." And then she started like cleaning for them and cooking for them to make up for staying. So
2: it's a it's a lighthearted romp about uh, how hard it is to be a family.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of really. Is it uh, the Chinese zodiac? Yes.
2: Yes. Oh, But that's so hard.
1: So here's to break the curse. Here's the really big question. Okay.
0: I am a rooster. What are you?
1: I am a rabbit or a toki, depend- or I'm sorry. I'm either a rabbit or a cat, depending on which way you look at the Zodiac. Because that's the thing that they do, is the rabbit or the cat are supposed to be, like, interchangeable. It's the rabbit trick. I have read cat- that. Yeah.
2: yeah. What
0: about, what about you? Uh,
2: monkey. <laughs> ah,
0: I don't think I've met a monkey. <laughs> I probably have. I just don't know.
2: We're a delight. <laughs> you are. You're delightful. If you're
0: representative, if you speak for all monkeys.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um. All right. Look, we're skipping okay. the last one.
1: <laughs> no, we're not. We're gonna talk about this. Oh one. Right. Well, God. then quickly. Hijacked. Okay. So it's called Zero Tolerance by Alexander Slavro's Slavro's. I don't know how it's said. It's actually a really um interesting book. This is gonna be the nice way of putting it. It's kind of awful, but you wanna know what's really weird about it is it's got it's so one of the quotes is National Socialism is nothing more or less than natural order. That's the way I'm introducing mm. it. Huh. Yeah, and so it's a book talking about it's say they call it Zero Tolerance because they're gonna have zero tolerance for anybody who's not a fascist or a national socialist because there's nothing else that is more truth than that. Hmm. And they start this book out. I haven't read all of it yet. That sounds like fascism. Yeah. <laughs> it was written in like winter of two thousand sixteen, by the way, y'all. So okay. it's not that old. New. Yeah. And um this same author has like um fictional books with um Nazi, neo-Nazis or Nazis, fascists, as, like, the main characters and, like, heroes. So it's an interesting thing looking at some of those, too.
2: Like anti-heroes or, like...
1: No, heroes. Oh, okay. They're the hero. All
2: right. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Huh. But <laughs> this book huh. is talking about... What I've gotten through so far is they're talking about what um, national socialism and fascism is. And, like, anybody who is not fascist or national socialist, they're all wrong. And they're all, like, left, whether they're conservatives or... or deluded leftists um any like they're not even okay with people who are conservative because they're not right enough and they're not at the point of absolute truth and for them they say that they're the absolute truth because they are the natural order um oh wait so let's realize that the truth has a value in life itself or has a value in itself and that dedication to truth is a virtue in itself more so in a world in which falsehood seems to rule. And that's from Dr. William Luther Pierce, by the way, who's one of those neo-Nazi sorts.
2: That sounds absolutely
1: like everything I always expected fascism to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, like, they talk about how they're the ones who are truth and they're going to have to go through hard things for this. It sounds like I'm not trying to offend anybody, but I was raised very Christian. And, like, I'm not so much anymore, but a lot of this stuff sounds like a lot of stuff that we were taught in church. Except, organizational
2: like, powers yeah. i think have a strong influence like that yeah. because the the pack survives by sameness if you differentiate from it then... oh
1: that reminds me so something i was reading about was talking about people who tend to be liberal versus people who tend to be conservative like it's not that like either of them are necessarily wrong they just judge value their value judgments are a little bit differently because people who tend to have more liberal mindsets tend to only have like two things as they va- base their value moral ethical judgments on usually um whether it harms somebody or not, and um, what was the other one? Whether it's fair or unfair. Hmm. For conservative values, they have those, but then they also have like in-group versus out-group. They have tradition versus non-traditional, and then there was one more that I can't quite um, authority, authority versus non-authority sort of thing. So that's like the additional steps to their value system, and like so, I think like with this fascism and things like that, like a lot of re- religious st- structures it's based on the Authority versus non-authority, and the um, in-group versus out-group thing. Like I see a lot of that going on, and now like I'm understanding sometimes some of these other things. It helps me to understand like some of these movements a little better too.
0: I don't know if I could go for a whole book. It's hard. No, it's been
1: hard. I have to admit, it's been really hard. That's why I, it's been taking me a bit to get through it, yeah, but I feel like I small. have to because I can't argue against something if I am not reading the same mm-hmm. things they are reading. Whether it, I don't, whether I like it or not isn't That's really very, the point.
0: It's very, it's very non-fascist of you. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, Molly.
1: Yeah, I'm going to steal the mic. Yeah. Especially All after right. that.
2: So uh, the first book I wanted to talk about was A Memory Called Empire by Arkady Martin. Uh, Martin. Who we are also interviewing Yay. at the end exciting? of August. Yes. Um, and as we were talking about uh, your archivist titles and um, like organizing uh, human yeah, memory, yeah. it reminded me a lot of so this I'm, book. I'm, yeah, I'm about a hundred pages into it right now. Um, and well, here here's the the gist of what it is about. Before I go into what reminded me of it, it is a uh, science fiction political intrigue type story. Um, We have a young woman named Mahit Dismar, and she is um, chosen as the ambassador of a...
0: Texalacani. Yes. So, yes. The uh
2: the empire yeah. is the Texalacani Empire yes. and she is chosen as the ambassador for one of the uh, smaller it's in space. So mm-hmm. It's sort of space oh, wait, opera woven the... in yeah. Yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, so she is chosen as the new ambassador for um one of the satellite space stations uh, and she is trying to figure out what has become of her predecessor. Yes. A, so I there's a mystery yes.
0: kind of woven in. It's really it's really kind of sophisticated the it way the plot is. works out, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I'm very worried about pronouncing many <laughs> of sure. these words. Co- yeah. She'll
2: correct us, yeah. just uh, same as like when we were like, "Yeah, the Shannara Chronicles," and he was like "Shannara," and we yeah. were like, "Oh, yeah. right, the Shannara Chronicles." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll when do we this right next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's pronounced TX Okay, yep, whatever you say, man. <laughs> <laughs> so <your book. laughs> So it reminded me a lot of uh, your uh, mention of the archivist. Studies because one of the things that is unique to the culture of the space station that uh, Mahit is from is this thing called an imago, mm-hmm. which is the saved memory of a person. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. That gets inserted like half via brain technologies, like it's half machine, half
0: like human. software. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So you upload the memory as a software from whoever your imago match is into a person so that that person always has the memory and experience of the person that comes before them. Yeah. So she gets the imago of the ambassador prior, but it's like oh, 15 right. years out of date. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're trying to they're trying to a update the imago so that they can get that information so that their station can continue to exist on the periphery of the empire without much interference. <laughs> yeah. But also to figure out what happened to him. I and, see. And and
0: so how do you like it so far?
2: It's beautiful and bizarre. Yes. <laughs> I have never, I, it's weird because I think I think as I'm reading this book that I have realized that when it comes down to fantasy and sci-fi that I'm a fantasy person. Yeah. <clears throat> and so this is like the quote unquote hardest, not like difficult, but like hard science fiction, yeah. the hardest sci-fi I've ever read. And it's really interesting. It uses a lot of um, language as its vessel. Mm-hmm. So it talks about the difference between like th- her language and the Texacolani language mm-hmm. or you know, like something even as basic as the
1: definition of what you is or how yeah. words create identity, the meaning of the world. Yeah. That sounds so cool because it's like really neat. Language itself is like that. Like I love learning other languages because uh-huh. I start thinking different ways. And I'm
2: already like a super language nerd, so I was like, This is so cool. <laughs> the world the, like the word for the world is also the word for the city, city which yeah. is the jewel <gasps> of the empire. Oh, and so like cool. how does language affect your perception of the world so and what is the definition of your yourself yeah. in relation to all of it so deep it's really neat stuff. yeah that's yeah. stuff that i yeah. love
1: reading i love articles about this i love when they do studies about these things and why they look into these check things. it out man it's really good it's yeah. like <laughs> like if i should yeah
2: <laughs> so um one of the other books i have uh more on the less on the like deep philosophical side and more <laughs> on just the fun side i am uh about to start reading chasing danger by richard c white it actually just came out um I think, on the 7th of July. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. fairly recent. Um, the author is a friend of mine on Twitter, but he's oh, a, mm-hmm. an acclaimed um, fantasy author. Mm-hmm. He's got um, this super neat book called Terra Incognito. It actually uses a textbook for world building. Oh, cool. Oh, um, and so he has the collection. It's a, um, it is about a man named Theron Chase, who used to be a cop. He is now working as a private eye. Um, and Thus, he...
0: Chasing yeah. Danger. He chasing danger
2: sharing four um right. bizarre case files of his time. So it is a noir urban fantasy adventure. Um mm-hmm. uh, cool. sort of like Dresden Files but yeah. he is just laughably awful with anything <laughs> concerning magic. So That's That's
0: that's what came to mind. Yeah. For yeah.
2: Me. So I'm I'm super excited to check it out. Um Awesome. I'm I'm not usually a huge fan of noir but it it looks really fun.
0: <laughs> Sweet.
2: More in the linguistic sort of category, I have A Thousand Beginnings and Endings, which is a collection of short stories. It is edited by Ellen O oh and Elsie Chapman. Mm. Um, it is a collection of South and East Asian folklore oh, retold nice. cool. by modern Asian authors.
1: Oh, oh cool. cool.
2: That's even better. It's so cool. Um, I found it actually as a blind book. You know, uh, you've seen those posts where people like, Hey, wrap up the books and write on the front of it. And I'm like, nobody actually does that, but that's mm-hmm. super neat. But it, it happened. So I went to, um, it was at a Marketplace down in Arlington Heights. I went into the bookstore and they had this display of all these books wrapped up in bright green. And I was like, oh
1: man, somebody actually did that. Nice. This Parkside super neat. library does that sometimes. Do they? Yeah, I've done I it. They do it sometimes. They don't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm here a lot because I still go to the archives and be like, hey guys, I need help. I need advice. So, so they a had lot, a, a yeah.
2: single quote um, on the front of it. They have like, a short sentence or like a single word, like something like that. And then at the bottom is hint. And so yeah. this one is, I think the cover said, uh, for the mountain does not like you to take things that do not belong to you. And I just felt chills oh, go through I my body. That. And the hint was folklore. And right? I'm like, done. I don't care what this book is. I'm going to read it. <laughs> all right. And I'm, I'm like, only through it. a couple stories so far, but it is absolutely like magical. That's so, awesome.
0: So is it um, is it contemporary? It are is, these uh, The current, stories are current, contemporary yeah.
2: retellings of classic Asian mythology. So, okay. or like this, East and South at least. Yeah. Are they set in a contemporary setting or does Some it vary? Some of them are, yeah. Okay. One of that's them cool. um, is a more traditional story. One of them is the year is 2016 and here is something else going on. And then one of uh, them is
1: like, you know what's awesome? Cyborgs. Yeah. <laughs> so. Right. Okay. That's cool. I like when they do that because, like, while. It's great having like contemporary versions. It's also cool having that like variety because it really changes your perspective on some of them.
2: Well, and I think it's interesting too because we have a lot of fairy tale retellings going through yeah. our uh, world at mm-hmm. the moment, and they are often hit or miss. So I think this is a really well, refreshing change of pace. Yeah. Of that. <laughs> yeah. But All right. uh, and then <laughs>
0: and then the last
2: the last one is uh you know the super fun titled Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It is by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, It is another science fiction um, thriller.
0: This one's not so techy, though. No. Yeah. (laughs) No, It's It's more psychological, right? It's big on the spooks. Yeah.
2: Uh, Like, the entire time I'm reading it, it just fills me with terrible dread. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. It was made into a movie fairly recently. Yeah. Um, and I saw oh, I the movie that
1: with right, Natalie so.
0: Portman. Yes.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I think Natalie
2: that's... Portman is great, and yeah. I was like, "What is Natalie Portman doing?" And it was it was a really interesting movie. Did some bizarre things. I think again with identity of yep. what is the self. Yeah. And. Hmm. How, yeah, because
0: because what is it like? Area X kind of yeah, changes area you. Is X. it area? Yeah, okay.
2: It's a uh, so. It I is... didn't see
0: the movie. I did it in reverse. Ah. You saw the movie and then <laughs> we're reading mm-hmm. the book. I didn't. I never made it to the movie. I read the book and then...
2: It is about a team of four women who are sent into this mysterious area called Area X to just explore, find out what's going on, and then report back to uh, society at large. But Area X itself is.
0: A place where you kind of lose yourself right yeah, yeah.
2: it's yeah. it's unstable in many ways and interesting it's uh it's bizarre and i really i really i like it so far. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's part of a trilogy yes you oh, okay. know called the southern trilogy and it's and it's more of a novella yeah. So I think it's you know oh, really? 140 okay. pages or something. When I
2: picked it up, I noticed uh, the two that are next in the trilogy next to it are like twice as long. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, I looked at it, and it was like part
1: of the Southern Reach trilogy. And I was yeah. like, no, not oh, another the
2: trilogy. trilogy. Oh no. yeah. Right? I,
1: I get into those. Some, sometimes I won't pick up a book if, it's, if I know it's part of a series. And I know that's bad, but I'm like, I don't want to wait. And I don't want to yeah. read lots and lots of books but just based, to get to the based end. Based on
2: what I've seen so far, it seems interesting. And I think I'd like to read what comes next. <laughs> that's fair.
0: My first is a trilogy.
2: Ooh, <laughs> a whole trilogy.
0: Yeah, but they're no, they're very short novellas. Okay, <laughs> probably a hundred or so pages. Oh, yes. Yeah, Martha like a book. Wells's Murderbot Diaries.
1: Murderbot. That sounds interesting. Just with the name, yeah. like I would probably just be like, I'll grab this. I don't even care what it's about. Yeah. Like I like the name.
0: Yeah. Um, I started with All Systems Red, which is the first one, and then I just finished Artificial Condition. Artificial condition is another name for fear. Oh, um, and huh. um, hmm. you know, some one of the characters says something. Like, it's told from the perspective of the murder bot of the okay. security <laughs> bot. And they call
1: the security bot murder bot.
0: Yeah, it's kind oh. of a nickname. It's,
1: okay, it's wow, that, tra- it's, that it's, says a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh,
0: you know, it's the the street term. Um, yeah, uh-oh. just like this. <laughs> The street term for comfort bot is a sex bot. Uh, you know. Naturally. Yeah, yeah. A pleasure bot or whatever. Right, right. But, but he talks about the the bot kind of talks about how uh, he's really tired of humans making very stupid choices <laughs> and he has to protect them and save them from themselves and stuff.
2: By murdering them? No, he yeah, oh. murders some of them. The
0: ones that are not his clients. Um, he murders. But he just wants to, <laughs> he just wants to sit around all the time and watch soap operas. That's what he does. He went all his time spent doing that. But artic- artificial, the one funny part in the second um, book is artificial condition is another term for fear. And one of the humans says something like, yeah, it's we. It's an artificial condition we use to mo- motivate. I'm using it to motivate myself. And he says something like, you know, that's not how fear is supposed <laughs> to work. Right? It's supposed to make you run away from from things uh, yeah. so it's they're they're really kind of well written short little pieces. The last one is exit strategy, which I'm probably gonna start um in a week or so after I reread the Poppy war mm. um but i would I would recommend them uh, you know they're they're a day or two worth of reading, you know, um, and they're fun uh and then one of my favorite authors, Neil Stevenson, just came out with a new book uh he wrote um Cryptonomicon is probably his uh big. Yeah. Uh, big, big, big novel. Um, but probably his most famous is Snow Crash.
2: I was going to say, Snow Crash I've heard of. Yeah,
0: way back in, I think, 92 I haven't actually or heard or of something. that one, but I've yeah. heard of Kryptononicon. Yeah. Kryptononicon uh, is more uh, your alley. Yeah. Alley. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's it, it, it My name it,
1: causes problems sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> it actually
0: deals with Alan Turing and code breaking in, in World War II, so it's very sort of historical.
1: I think okay, so this is bad. I think I have it at home. I'm pretty sure yeah. I saw it when I was packing up books. Yeah. I just haven't read it yet because yeah. <laughs> I've got like this stack of books that I'm like I need to read these, and then I went to school and then I didn't read books, and then, well, then I been... went to the bookstore and bought some more, which yeah. is what I did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this that you know new book that is probably eight hundred and. Fifty pages. This one's another nine hundred page monster, oh, yeah. and um, you know, it's it's make set, a good ebook. Yeah, <laughs> it's based yeah, it's based on uh, the main character is a guy who invented a sort of World of Warcraft esque uh, MMO, and this is the later part of his life where he's working on some new alternate reality uh, oh. sort of thing. Um, but his mm-hmm. books are always these sort of philosophical, technical. Mm-hmm satirical rides through an almost encyclopedic the encyclopedic novel (laughs) so the new york times article says uh, review says something like it's a it's a 900 page novel that has a 600 page story in it (laughs) 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 but those extra 300 pages are what neil stevenson fans kind of buy Mm -hmm. it for kind of thing yeah so i'm really psyched about that i don't know when i'm going to get to it um because also on my list, which I just started with the former chair of the English department, is Infinite Jest. Yeah, by, by David, David Foster, Foster Wallace. Wallace. Yes.
1: That's actually, I have that book that I currently have borrowed for over a year now from um, a <laughs> professor here.
0: That's another thousand page Yeah, monster. and he,
1: he told me, he's like, you really have to read this. He's like, you really like it. I don't care how long you need to hold on to it for. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you can take forever to read this. It's yeah. okay. And I'm yeah. like, good, because it's going to take forever yeah. because I'm well, not the, getting around to the it the right last now.
0: <laughs> 40 pages or so are footnotes because the whole novel has kind oh, of footnotes um, throughout it. and. I hadn't. Uh, the only thing I'd read from him is this summer. I picked uh, I picked this uh, short story called Oblivion in a collection called Oblivion for my creative writers, my fiction writers, and they hated it because it was like 30 pages, and the whole kind of premise of the story is that a guy is talking to his father-in-law, and then I think basically his therapist at some point, and then a sleep specialist about the fact that his wife says that he's snoring at night and he knows he's not snoring because he's awake when she says you're snoring can you please turn over and it turns into this marriage jeopardizing Uh, (laughs) big huge argument that ends up speaking to the nature of reality because in the end they find out they're both sleeping He's sleeping while oh! she's asking him, And she's sleeping while she's, yeah. Oh,
2: so. wow. That's so funny. Yeah. That just <laughs> gave me chills, man. Yeah. That's that so, fascinating. Yeah.
0: So, Infinite Jest is supposed to be similar. It's very postmodern, and it uses, it's another one of these um, stories that uh, uses language as yeah. its subject in that's, many ways. Yeah. That's know.
1: why it's been re- recommended to me by multiple people now. They're like, you would really like this because you like language.
2: And yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah.
1: But and I simply still with 40 bad. pages of footnotes.
2: I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, a lot of that's a now. comment within itself,
0: yeah. And then the last, my last one is, or my second last one, the the last one is a, something I'm working on for a project. But Nickel, Nickel Boys just came out in July. Um, and this is uh the new one by Colson Whitehead, uh, who wrote which was all the rage in I think 2017 um, the Underground Railroad. Oh, you, oh, you know, that was like the book, the National Book Award. Everyone mm-hmm. was reading it. I didn't read that, I read I didn't either. Uh, I read his, I don't know if it was his previous novel, one of his first um, novels was called The Intuitionist, Mm -hmm. which was this really cool, um, it kind of wove race into it, but it was this really cool uh, uh, murder mystery of someone who was a... a inspector of elevators. <laughs> and there are two types of inspectors of elevators someone who goes in and looks at the technical aspects of elevators that fail, mm-hmm. and someone who can just go into an elevator and intuit what oh, happens that's in the elevator. Interesting. Huh. So we follow, like, this woman who's an intuitionist when it comes to elevators, huh. and she has to try and figure out why this elevator failed and someone died. Why um, didn't
1: they bring in somebody who's like, the technical aspect because she's
0: never been wrong oh okay
1: like like, not like doubting the whole breaking up the whole story there but like why yeah but yeah yeah.
0: Um, and so Nickel Boys um, is more directly uh, commenting on race um, because the the book follows uh, or is a sort of retelling of this real boys school um, that was opened in like 1900 um, and uh, there uh, it was a school for orphans Hmm. and they found um, after the school closed that like six-year-old boys were like chained to walls and beaten and there were bones Uh, all over the place and stuff Uh. yeah and so it covers um this uh covers uh two characters they he kind of renames the academy the real school nickel academy um and it has uh one character named elwood who was wrongly accused of stealing a car, and Turner um, were two boys that were at this school, mm. uh, and it follows their story. Um,
2: I love dual narratives like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And so I'm really kind of psyched uh, to read it. Um, so it's that's another one on my list. And then my last one is just called uh, Augmented Human um, for a uh, fiction piece that I'm working on, um, written by... H- Helen,
1: I would guess Papa Giannis, but I don't know
0: Papa Giannis, because Giannis? we know Giannis uh, from being Milwaukee Bucks fans. <laughs> it's pronounced Giannis, I think. I don't know um, because we have but the I'll... MVP of the of the NBA. <laughs> <named> <laughs> I will tell Giannis. you that I have
1: never watched a single Milwaukee Bucks game ever. I I'm not from Wisconsin, so like I left I off. Get that, I left, the, me, I left like, off exemption. on them
0: until we. I realized we had this fabulous Greek. Greek freak. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like I've seen like the like I see the name all the time. Like names and stuff like that. So I see this stuff, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I hear it. As,
2: yeah. as someone who grew up in Wisconsin, I think they they
1: try really hard to get you to like Wisconsin sports. They're like, "Here, yeah. go to the this Brewers game. This is what game. we do here. People yeah. used to be so offended that I didn't care for cheese. They were oh, like, yeah. "What's wrong?" And I was a no, server I for I a while me. and they're like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, ah, uh, I'm not from Wisconsin." Just and They're lie. like, "Oh, Don't okay." Tell them that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Like it's like because I worked at a restaurant, and they'd, like, ask me what I recommended, and it was not, like, things with cheese. And they're like, well, what do you think of this one? I'm like, well, I'm not big on cheese. And they're like, what? Like, it's the end of the world or something. And I'm like, oh, I don't my like beer life. either my whole life. <laughs> like, I don't like beer. I don't like cheese. Well, this, Like, th- you just kicked me out. It's okay.
0: This was my one <laughs> nonfiction, and it kind of goes by chapter various different types of augmented reality so it's not just visual it does like um auditory augmented reality where certain things in a room can have a soundtrack or a sound associated with them and <laughs> smells and stuff like that
1: so it's it's nonfiction. it talks about like actual like things that are going on or things that are like how what is it like things sort the, of in the works okay, you know it's, that's interesting
0: she has some she has some ted talks as well um,
1: oh, maybe that's why the name seemed familiar yeah. to me because I was like looking at that. I'm like, that seems really familiar, but I can't figure out why. Is yeah. like- so is it like a
2: study or commentary um, on like humans in the digital age? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's be.
0: it's it's sort of forward looking in where the technology kind of is. It's not very technical, so it's really readable mm-hmm. where the technology <laughs> is versus where the, where the technology, where she envisions the technology going and maybe some things that we don't necessarily think about when we think about augmented reality or blended reality it's
1: kind of a funny thing too because so with my foxconn research that i do like i'm researching foxconn coming to the area and blah 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 whatever Mm -hmm. but part of that is like they're talking about how technology will affect people in the future and what because foxconn is trying to like um move themselves because they're not going to bring in as many jobs as they said they would and there's this whole big deal about that and everything else they're trying to like placate I think people by saying that they're going to be getting into some more of this like like the internet of things and like internet in your everyday life Mm -hmm. and like how connected you get to internet and like reading about that and reading some of the things that they talk about related to that is talking about like the future of technology and digital technology and stuff so it's interesting to me like that would like seems like it would probably follow a lot of these things that I've been reading lately in regards to that like some of it gets really creepy and I'm like I don't want to live in that world.
0: You should definitely We're
1: living in it. I know
0: check it out yes there's our music is
1: that the check it
2: out outro yeah that's the outro outro. check it outro (laughs) (laughs) that's all yeah that's
0: all the time we have for today (laughs) the pub is produced at the university of wisconsin parkside from the studio at wipz 101.5 fm you can tune in saturdays at noon to catch new episodes and you can also find us on google play spotify and stitcher which is kind of brand new for us Or you can head over to our website at StrayLightMag.com for fiction, poetry, art, and, of course, podcasts. We have a new uh, novella starting this Monday that everyone should check out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for regular updates on new content. And until next time, thanks for listening to The Pub, StrayLight Magazine's podcast about all things books and publishing.
1: Bye.